What's the one thing you dread most about your job? For many, that could be asking for a salary rise, even if you believe you deserve it. According to experts, there's a right and a wrong way to ask your boss for a wage increase, and you should start by being prepared, such as compiling your successes over the past year to boost your case. You should also consider your goals and benefits and figuring out what matters more to you, working full-time in the office or a hybrid mix that allows you to work from home a couple of days a week. But how do you begin and ensure that you start 2024 with a welcome boost to your income? Welcome to Pocketful of Dirhams. I'm Felicity Glover, the personal finance editor at The National. Joining me today is John Armstrong, founder and managing director of recruitment specialist JCA Associates, who's here to offer his advice on how to ask for a salary rise. But before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to Pocketful of Dirhams on your favorite podcasting app. Welcome to Pocketful of Dirhams, John. Thanks for having me, Felicity. Great to be here. So I would have to say that one of the things I dread most and always have is to ask for a salary rise. Why is that? Why is it such a difficult question to ask your boss and why do so many people avoid it? Yeah, money is always a bit of a tricky subject. I guess in some ways it's it's a cultural thing. Maybe some cultures are, are more confident and comfortable about discussing money than others. But yeah, I would agree with you. Where I'm from in the UK, people are, are a little bit perhaps secretive about their financial situation. And when the topic of either borrowing money or perhaps or simply just asking for a pay rise, it's often a difficult topic. Yeah, it is. And that's one thing we're trying to change. We've just introduced a new feature in October called My Salary. And we're trying to get people to talk about their salaries because I think that younger generations, for example, Gen Gen Z is a good uh, cohort to to mention here. They're much more open about talking about their salaries. Um, And I think the sooner we stop this sort of cultural kind of stigma about it, this taboo about salaries, that perhaps people will start being much more comfortable about not only discussing their salaries, but also asking for a salary rise if they deserve it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My daughter is is almost 25 and she's quite open about money. And when she feels she's undervalued at work, she, she's not shy to have that conversation. So yeah, it's a positive step. Ultimately, we spend a lot of time at work and we should be, uh, should be rewarded for that. Yeah, absolutely. So can you tell me what's the outlook for salaries in 2024? Well, I'd say it's pretty positive compared to, say, this year. I work specifically in the tech recruitment sector, and a lot of the clients that we've traditionally worked with over the years have been a bit less active this year in hiring. So a lot of them have have put recruitment on ice or just frozen many of the roles. Some have even made redundancies. But certainly during this quarter, we've seen a, a much, much more significant uplift in the amount of vacancies coming through. There is a big demand coming through for next year as companies plan for 2024. So I think in some cases, there's a lot of competition in certain skill sets, and and that therefore is one of the the drivers for for salary increases. Another one of the courses is simply cost of living. It's difficult to ignore the cost of, say, housing, for instance. It's gone up significantly in the UAE in the last couple of years since COVID. So yeah, there's a couple of reasons for it. One is the demand, and, and secondly, is the cost of living, I would say. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I know that there are some companies that are thinking about increasing salaries in line with the cost of living, and they might look at that kind of every year. But not everybody, not every company does that, though, do they? 
No, absolutely not. One would expect at least a company should be offering salary increases in line with inflation. But yeah, many do not do that. And if the employer is not offering it and the employee is not asking for that salary increase, they could go two, three years without a, without any kind of increment to their salary. So it, it should be looked at. If it's not looked at by the employer, then the employee has to bring it up. That brings me actually to what are the steps that you take to ask for a salary rise? Is there something that you have to do beforehand, such as preparing? Or do you actually come out and say, I want a salary rise? How do you ask for it? Yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. I think it needs to be approached in, in the right way. But first of all, I, I guess one would look at the, the processes that are already in place, if there are any. In some cases, there might not be any at all. But um, most companies will have some sort of appraisal system. Uh, whether it be formal or informal, either a monthly or quarterly or annual appraisal. Um, and then during that appraisal, there should be some discussion around the targets for, for that individual uh, and for the company, any significant KPIs or, or goals that they should have throughout the year. And and that in that discussion, that, that there should be a discussion around what are the incentives for, for achieving those KPIs or, or goals for the company. And, and typically, you could look at potentially an increase in responsibilities or a promotion. And the, the salary increase normally goes hand in hand with a promotion. So you can discuss it rather directly without even saying uh, salary increase. You could talk about the advancement of the career. And like I say, typically a, a salary increase would, would go hand in hand with that. Mm. But yeah, for, for those that don't have any kind of appraisal system, it might be a good idea to have a conversation with a more senior management person in the business and just have a more of a casual conversa conversation about the cost of living and housing increases, etc. And it maybe steer the conversation towards that. Yeah. And I, I just want to go back, just rewind a little bit. You mentioned salary rises and getting a promotion, for example. There are also cases, and I hear about this quite a lot, people getting a promotion, but not a salary rise with that. How would an employee approach that type of situation? Yeah, I mean, that, that is tricky. I've not often seen it myself, if I'm honest, but I, there, ha there has been occasions where people have been promoted and not received any kind of um, salary increase. The two should be tied together, really. And you know, an explanation as to why that is not would, would definitely be on, on my list of questions. I, like I say, I haven't seen it that often, but nine times out of 10, you would you get a salary increase with the promotion. But then the next question is, if that's not the case, then what are the targets for the next six months to, to get that salary increase? Again, it comes down to the appraisals and, and the goals of the company, what that person needs to achieve. Well, I'm also wondering about what other elements, for example, that our listeners should be considering during times when they are asking for a salary increase. Should there be more of a focus on benefits? And for example, if a work-life balance is more important to you, does that mean that there's sort of some give and take in terms of a salary increase? Absolutely. Yeah. I often speak to some of my clients who, who I've hired individuals for. And, and in some cases, they're quite aware that they could themselves get a job in, in, a, in a competitor or a similar business and, and get maybe 20, 25% more than what they're currently getting. Some of those individuals also realize that, that actually it's not just about the money because they, they've been with the company for a very long time and they've been looked after. So we could point to perhaps two or three years ago when the COVID problems were here and some companies drastically reduced people's salaries. Some companies even laid people off completely, which was very unfortunate. And other organizations simply kept everybody on 100% salaries. So 
that's a, the first thing to point to is how, how have you been looked after uh, during a crisis? Um, but as you said, work-life balance and, and, and lots of other benefits. If you talk, talk about the other be- benefits specifically, I've seen occasions where some companies will look at the allowances of, of the candidate spouse. Very unusual, but I have seen it. So, for example, uh, a candidate gets a job in a, in a company and has three kids the the organization will say well does your wife or husband have schooling allowance with the company they're with and if they do then they won't pay them a schooling allowance so they're not getting too lots of schooling allowance that is unusual but again not all companies pay schooling fees at all another thing to look at would be flight tickets so not every single company out there will pay flight tickets for candidate plus family and if you look at perhaps an individual with with a wife or husband and three kids, that benefit of just the extra three flights a year could be could be worth as much as fifteen thousand dirhams a year. So these are all things to to be considered. But yeah, certainly again, work life balance. I, I've mentioned it to, to a few people. Why would you want to go and move to a, another company for fifteen twenty percent pay increase when actually you're very happy where you are and you might end up with a, a much worse boss in a in a, in a less less pleasant working environment, let's say. Mm, yeah, no, absolutely. That's definitely an important consideration. And that also brings me to job seekers as opposed to people already working within a company. So if I'm looking for a job, I, I've been out of a job for a couple of months or whatever, hypothetically, would I approach salary negotiations in a different way compared with somebody who's already in a job and it's maybe their yearly review? Well, you shouldn't really. You should look at what your last paycheck was, I would suggest. Um, of course, for individuals that have been looking for a bit longer and perhaps uh, you know a bit more eager to work, let's say, than others, that they might be a bit more flexible in terms of salary. But I think the problem with that is you might end up taking a lot less and then end up in six months' time seeing what you're really worth and then moving companies again. So I would advise against that. It's knowing your worth and, and trying to kind of uh, stick to that level rather than being too flexible in your expectations. But for someone that's moving, it really, you should be aiming for somewhere between 10 and 15% as a, as a salary increase. I think that's what we advise all of our candidates when they're switching jobs. Some, of course, have less realistic expectations. Um, they'll ask for 30, 30%, 40% pay increase, and that, that, isn't, that isn't realistic. So, yeah, you've got to ask yourself why you're moving jobs or want to move jobs in the first place. You also mentioned knowing your worth. How do people know that? Is that based on, of course, that would be based on years of experience, but also what else would come into that equation? Well, yeah, years of experience is is important, but it's the quality of experience as well. If I was hiring for my team here, if someone's been in the job for three years and has achieved a lot more than someone that's been in the job for 10 years, then I'd probably go for the person who's got three years of experience rather than one who's got 10. So it's not just the the duration of your expertise, but there's there's other factors to consider as well. And the best way to get a real gauge of of what the market is paying is obviously that there are plenty of uh, jobs online, but speak to a recruiter, speak to a specialist recruiter in your industry. If you're in a, if you're an accountant, speak to an accounting and finance recruiter and, and, and get some advice for them and see what the market's paying because a recruiter will be speaking to many different companies on a day-to-day basis, so that they'll have a very good overview of what your what your worth is. Mm, okay, brilliant. Well, thank you, John. I think perhaps we should all get uh, recruitment advisors to to negotiate our salaries, especially for <laughs> people who don't like that sort of who want to avoid that that difficult question. Maybe. 
Yeah, of course. Recruiters are impartial. That's a good thing. So they're not aligned to one candidate or one company. They can give a kind of a holistic view of, of, of the whole market. And uh, obviously anything that's discussed is confidential. So it's a good way to start. Thank you this week to recruitment specialist John Armstrong of JCA Associates. If you would like advice on your personal finance issues, you can write to me at pfatthenationalnews.com. And remember, PF stands for personal finance. Please do subscribe to Pocketful of Dirhams on your favourite podcasting app to receive updates. And also leave us a review so we know what you think. This episode was produced by Arthur Edison and Dua Farid. And I've been your host, Felicity Glover.